0: Welcome to the next episode of It Matters. I'm Yvette Dubell, and I am joined with Ana. Ana. Ana, why do you say your life? Do you you, you say your full name or just Ana Bogo?
1: Ana Paris, usually,
0: yeah. Ana Paris? Yeah. Okay, um, I want to get that right. So we are here, I'm in uh, the US, Anna is in Brazil. And we have been thinking and talking about how do we avoid overwhelm in these, um, I'm going to say unprecedented times. Um, yes. And remain, open, manage the uh, overwhelm and, and find a way to move forward. And so I wanted Anna to start with this. I feel like I've been doing this my whole life because um, <laughs> the world has just gotten crazier and crazier um, since I turned 18. Um, but since you're new to the crazy yes. world. <laughs> um, yes. What, what do you have to say about avoiding overwhelm?
1: It, it's hard it's the third year we're going in for in a pandemic so there's a lot of um I think I think every year we'll learn on a, something else something else we need to deal with in a way like the first year is just understanding the pandemic and then the next last year was just do we need to stay at home don't we and just there's all confusion do the vaccines Work, or car don't we get COVID and just like the whole thing and now, now I don't I don't know yet what we're going to, maybe the variants, maybe what we need to do. So I think it's a lot for like everyone. What helped me a lot last year was reading. Always been a big fan of reading and I actually got back into young adult fantasy. I think it's very like clear why, because I really needed to escape and I needed to do like these big adventures, but I also needed to stay at home and stay safe. So I read like last year, I read 62 books total. Wow. Most of them were fantasy books. Yeah, yeah, I'm really back into it. And I, it really, really helped my anxiety even more than watching TV and movies. I think just because you spend more time and you really like have to imagine and you have to do like this whole other like mental work that it's not just everything laid out so reading really helped me i think maybe if you don't usually read try to find an author in genre, anything i think everyone has like a favorite genre that they just don't know yet. <laughs> yeah
0: um... I'm kind of with you with the young adult fantasy fiction. I do a lot of Audible books because I multitask. Um, yeah. And uh, apparently I listened to a record number of books. I got got all these Audible badges on the name. And <laughs> 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 apparently I listened to a lot of different kinds of things. Um, but I kind of also, there was a couple of, um, Uh, books by, I'm awful with names and titles, unfortunately, but I remember that I listened to a couple of um, sort of memoir type books from activists. Um, I know one is a Muslim woman from, I believe the Bronx and forgetting her name. Um, And one about um, Asian presence in the media. Um, Anyway, so I read some sort of topical books about things like that. And then yeah. um, I kind of revisited Brene Brown's work again mm-hmm. um, around shame and vulnerability. Um, because I, as I look at all of the craziness going around uh, going on around us, um, I'm reminded about what I pers- my personal belief system, which is this is a mirror of us. And mm-hmm. um, it reminded me where my work started when the war with Iraq was starting um, after 9-11. And I, I had to, mm. what helps me is kind of coming back to what do I believe to be true at a time where there seems like there's so much this kind of like craziness. Um, and that yeah. I believe that what is happening politically is a reflection of the people. And that if um, I was asking the question, what is peace? Then I had to look at like, what is, is peace within me? If I'm not seeing enough peace in the world, Am I doing do, mm-hmm. doing the work to cultivate that peace? And so looking at the world again, um, with that same kind of notion, when I look at the divide that I see here in the US at least, I don't think this is old. I think this is a very old pattern for us. Um, and it's just come back around again. And for me, in terms of um, alternatives to being overwhelmed and sort of paralyzed or frozen, um, is to look for a place of power and it's in the choice that we make now. So if I see this and observe or believe that we're in a pattern, a pattern is unraveling, then the best thing I can do is to not behave the way people in my position have behaved historically and to do something different that sets something new in motion. And um, Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what you know, kind of stabilized me then after 9-11 um, because I found myself feeling a lot of anger and recognizing an, an inner narrative, um, that, that sort of cowboy narrative of that America sort of known for. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that in yeah. myself. I saw how that was my response to feeling crossed. Um, well, I'll show them like not to ever make that mistake again. You know what I mean? Like, um, and then you see that mm-hmm. played out and it's like, oh my gosh, yes. if I, and then it begs the question, if I do that work on myself, will that have some effect on the outer world? And so that mm-hmm. was what the embodied performance last year was about, asking that question. Um, I still think that's a relevant question. So I feel like what we're talking about, what we're doing is the next level of that. And so I think that this is the time when you look at your inner resources and if you Mm -hmm. find that they're insufficient, you need to build them up. And what does that for you? And for me, um, how do you not do, how do you not fall into a reactionary pattern? I guess that's really the the basic. My cat is trying to crawl over here. So at any moment, she may step in front of the camera. She's just (laughs) been sitting here patiently being really good. But at any moment, she's pawing at me. Anyway. self-awareness that's where i was going with it self-awareness and understanding because you have everything that you need one of the books i'm listening or i'm almost at the end of to of now is um uh it's called you are your best thing and it's a collection of uh black uh, essays by black authors reflecting on um renee's work with shame and vulnerability Mm -hmm. um given that to be defined or recognized as a black person or person of African descent, puts you in like the whirlwind of all of that, you know, like the shame is sort of thrust upon you. And it is definitely not seen as, we're not raised to be vulnerable because the world um, Mm -hmm. has not been that for our ancestors. And so that's become part of our culture is how not to be vulnerable in the world. And so when she talks about that work in relation to, to um, leadership, it means something different, maybe, depending on where you are. And so for myself, um, you know, I kind of like the woo-woo stuff. So I revisit, um, you know, things like human design <laughs> and things like that to help me with the self-awareness and understanding my own personal, what I call my personal innovation journey. And, um, How does this relate to the things that are going on with me. And when I certainly the divisiveness and this idea of an either or, um, you know, or feeling um, that fighting for power, which, which is what I think a lot of this is about is fighting for a minority holding on to power. But at a deeper level, when you look at what COVID, um, at my training was a family with a family constellation therapy, there were some uh, constellations that were done around COVID and what is the message, what, is the, what meaning does mm-hmm. this serve? because something like this happening affecting the whole planet must serve, you know serve some kind of higher purpose or there must be some lesson for us. Yeah. And um, what I was hearing was about our connection. To each other, our interdependence. And so what if that's true? And so that again leads me towards like, how do we look at addressing our most personal problems and seeing how that relates to the bigger issues of the world at large. And um, that is one of the reasons that we're doing this and talking to you today is we've been thinking about what transformative advocacy means and what that looks like. One of the things that we were what what we were sharing was were things about like how we manage our emotions, how to calm your anxiety because you can't really you got to calm the anxiety before you can really deal with anything. And so you know, learning how to self soothe is important. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you know, I young adult fantasy still is just like my soft spot. I have some books that are just my go to when you know things are going like really bad, there's certain hard copies. Which ones are they? One.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, well, a wrinkle in time is like my first go-to. Mm-hmm. um And I actually had to get a new copy because mine, I'd bent it back so much that the pages were falling out. Yeah. Um, but that is my like climb under the covers book. You know, I read it when I was like nine mm-hmm. or 10 that is my, when my grandfather died or, you know, things like that, when he just feels when I get sick or something, yes. <clears throat> excuse me, that is the book that I take, and it's like, pull the covers over your head with a flashlight, I feel like a child, um, but now I have all the yes. books, and um, I have really been enjoying, oh my god, what is, uh, Morgan, oh my god, I get the name for forgetting me I know the main character's name is Morgan um, but I can't remember her last name or the title of the book but it's a series um, about a little girl that like finds out like this thing that she thought it's kind of like the things that she thought was a curse is like you know mm-hmm. hugely powerful and a blessing um so I think that's that that's how we have to look at it you know what I mean? It's like life yeah. is always trying to help you discover your superpower. And if you look yeah. at it that way, then um, that gives you the motivation to figure out how to manage your emotions. Um, so yeah. that's good. as this evolves, as this project evolves and emerges, um, that'll be what we will we'll be offering resources to help people to deal with and become, more develop that self-awareness and develop some yeah. practices and kind of build that toolkit to help you manage the emotions. And then you have to figure out like, okay, now what? Um, and you don't have to change the whole world. That's one of the things we were talking about um, was I was uh, no. talking with Anna yes. about how like, she's like done a really great job. It's like her work with Read the world and that for that matter, I guess my work with Read the world, our work with Read the world is one of the ways that we do that. And so, um, looking at how you can find volunteer or internship opportunities that can that serve the causes that you care about and will yes. make our, help us get to that better world. But that, how do those things, how can they support you in the work that you need to do or um, the kind of career that you want to have or what you want to do as an artist or, you know, professionally? And so, Ana, um, you... Have some developments um, as a writer, that, you know, you, with the film festival. Yes. I mean, I think that you moving more into film um, and Jesus Cross making your way yes. to uh, UCLA. Um, yes, that's going to be like a huge thing, you know. And that I yeah. think that your involvement in the film festival will continue to benefit whatever way you know you choose to be involved. Um, I feel like it will really benefit and you will benefit from getting to see kind of like behind the curtain and meeting some industry people too, I hope.
1: Yeah. I
0: hope that would be like a really exciting development. And also
1: like, yes, it would be like awesome. Oh my God. But I think also like seeking these opportunities to like match something that you love. Like I love the film industry. I want to be a screenwriter and try to help also like that Mm -hmm. part, the industry. So with like the film festival, we were focusing on diverse filmmakers and filmmakers that wouldn't have a voice. And that's something that I'm very passionate about. So I think doing that also eases when you feel like overwhelmed because how the film industry is, and like most industries, there's almost no diverse. Now it's getting better but like how you can still like see like the Me Too movement and things like how there's like 1% of black filmmakers in the most important of film festivals these year, Like it's insane, there's like only 1% of everyone and how there's everything, all everything connects. So I think that's also something that can help The feeling of not being able to do anything and also help you being like a part of a film festival is just so cool. And like, that's my example, but like, I believe it's being the change, something
0: don't you think related? You
1: want to see in the world, yeah, yeah,
0: you know. Um, well, I would also like to point out the
1: huge advantage, like small steps, but like, we get there.
0: The technology you guys have now that makes so much possible that was not possible yes. when I was your age. I mean, um, I feel like now people have reason to feel really empowered because the mech- the technology is there that would enable someone to be able to do like we did, we started a film festival. Um, yeah. That would have seemed really impossible, you know, 25 or 30 years ago. And so I think that you know, the fact that it's so easy for people to produce, in fact, I was listening to, um, or whatever it was, uh, YouTube Music the other day. And um, my husband and I were listening, it was like, uh, they give you that option of discovering new music. And I was like, mm-hmm. you wanna try it? And I was like, I don't know if I wanna try it. He's like, let's try it. I was like, I okay. so we did. And so you discovered, and I was like, it wasn't all like Lady Gaga and stuff. You know what I mean? Like there were some people who just put out their music. Um, and I'm sure it's like based on the fact that I have other people that, you know, I probably found on SoundCloud yeah. or something. Um, yeah. But the fact that that exists and how easy it is to build up that fan base with, Mm -hmm. um, because if you happen to be in a community that's really a certain way and you're not that way, it can be really hard to build up your audience because you can't find them versus the internet makes you the possible to find them. And that barrier is a non-issue. And I think the other part of that is that has redefined what community is in a way that I don't think the politics um, or political yes. thinking has really come caught up with yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that there's a huge opportunity for us there, you know, yeah. in defining ourselves as communities and as communities of, um, I'm gonna say, transformative activists. Um, but when you were talking about like making that, that choice and making those moves to find that what matched for you and about like how important, media and film is to you. We have talked before, and I wanted you to, I wonder if you would share some of your thoughts about why it's important, you know, why the media, because we were talking about books before, which is another kind of media, um, mm-hmm. but why the kind of media that we consume and support matters?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I'm a firm believer that what we see on TV influences everything we do. So for example, when in the beginning of like, if you see a lot of horror movies, but you can see like stereotypes in horror movies in every genre really, but like you can see how there were characters that are not acceptable anymore because of sexuality, because of race, because of everything. So I think when you start to see those changes, you can actually see the changes in society as well. When you see a TV show like Sex, education from netflix where so openly everything so openly discussed when you see that in real life it's not something you're so unfamiliar with and i think that helps people to come to understand and have empathy like oh i don't know what this person went through but i saw on tv and i saw what that character did and how hard it was for that character so i think choosing what what to watch is really important in because films are done based on what is selling and what doesn't sell. So when you choose to, to watch Sex Education because you you can see yourself or you can see family members or you cannot see anyone in your life, but you think that's interesting because there are people like that out there. I think that's a collective choice, and then now Sex Education is going to go. I think for like. I think they are filming season four, which is something that like five, six years ago wouldn't be possible. No one would have watched. So I think not only that, but like when you see the Me Too movement and you support people, they have like sexual assault and all those things involved with their career. When you support them, you're supporting that type of behavior. So I, I, I think it's more than just like, oh, like, oh, I'm going to watch this on Netflix. like who are you watching? And also who is telling those stories? Do they have diverse characters? But yeah, but like who's the author? Who's the director? Do they have female writers on the show? Do they have female directors? So I think that all really influences the industry that I think reflects the most what we, where we are around. Like we were talking about the movie, uh, Look up, Don't look up on Netflix and how that reflects everything we we'll, we'll live in. So I think, yeah, I think it's just something that we have to be very conscious about, especially like who's writing, who, who's involved in those projects because that influences what is going to be done next and produced next and everything. So on for like a real long time.
0: Oh, that's good. Because um, when you were talking about Netflix, I was thinking about one of the shows that I unexpectedly found <laughs> That is one of my feel goods. Is we're here. Um, we're, uh, it's uh, Bob the Drag Queen, Shangela, and oh my God, I'm so sorry, honey, I forgot your name. Um, the blonde, uh, she usually does like a big blonde. Anyway, I can't think, I'm so sorry. Um, forgive me for not knowing what the third drag queen's name. Um, but anyway, uh, I really, they go into different towns and they help people who. Are struggling to express their identity that generally there's people that live in like really conservative small town kind of places mm-hmm. and then at the end there's a drag show where they participate and sometimes the people who support them participate in the drag show but they go around and they talk to people in the community and invite them to the drag show um, and it's just such wonderful, like feel good. Like if you're gonna watch reality TV, like that's good reality TV. Yeah. Because you I feel like we all benefit from understanding other people's stories, not just their struggle, but seeing them like triumph, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cheering them on. And I think it makes you more empathetic, you know? You Definitely, get to understand yeah. their struggle and um, kind of imagine like what that must be like for them, and you know sometimes people have been rejected by their families and, and that kind of thing. But it's also got this really nice, kind of fun, feel-good element yeah. consistently at the end, where the, you know everybody's yeah. celebrated and they come together and this fabulous drag queenness, you know, going on. Mm. Uh, it's just it's, and then at the end there's a breakdown of their looks. I also love, oh, I love and about love like that. you know um so I love that so it's just it's really it's fun it's like that's the mother like um like you were saying it's like that couldn't have happened like you know 10 years ago I can't you know I mean like I just RuPaul really broke ground with, with that yeah. you know Ru, Ru really yeah. really blew open a door um with helping under people break down this kind of I don't know, portraying them as freaks or something, you know, Mm -hmm. as non-human, less than human. And so I love the way that when you listen to other people's stories and you connect through their humanity, it's really beautiful. Um, And so I really, you know, sort of love that. And um, as a sci-fi lover, you and I have talked about this several times, Um, (laughs) but I really feel like you know, don't look now yeah. as a good example, but it be where we are now. And you see like, um, I see it from the submissions that we've gotten. We've not gotten the kind of submissions that I envision. And when I talk to people, it's like people can't imagine what I'm talking about. Um, and so yeah. it's clear that we need to do more work along in the writing workshopping area. And so I think that that might be one of the most organic things to plan as like a next event would be yeah. to like think about like putting together some writing workshops, you know, with just yeah. that thing. Because um, there's got to be, I think people are very much limited by what they can imagine, by what they've mm-hmm. seen, and a lot of what we see is dystopian you know, you don't really see that um, what happens if enough people like us do something like what we're doing, you know, could that make a difference? And I think it could. Um, And depending the different areas that people are working in, there's no telling, you know, the areas that could be impacted. So I think Mm -hmm. that this is, um, we're fortunate to have the technology that makes this possible because, you know, there was a time when a big part of the obstacle would have been getting the powers that be to let us have a microphone, you know? (laughs) Yes,
1: yeah. I think that's also something, I always try to look for positive things. I think that's also something that can help people, even if it's like small things. Yeah. So like I got to spend two years with my dogs, but like I wouldn't have to spend so much time with them and that's awesome. But also like the technology now and like how many online courses there are yes. these huge, like I have done a few. Like Vancouver Film School has online courses. Sundance Collab has online courses. New York Film Academy, all these big. I, I'm talking about films because, but right. like I'm sure yes. there's like hundreds, and that wouldn't be possible before the pandemic. So just try to focus on like okay, so because there's no changing. Like yeah, eventually we'll outgrow it, but like. Right we cannot change the fact that we're still in a pandemic, like single-handedly change it. It's like, what can I, since I'm stuck at home, what can I do is going to help me grow my career, improve as a person, so I think. Well, we can do,
0: I wanted to back up a little bit, because you did mention getting your booster. So that's something to help. (laughs) And wearing your mask when you go out and, you know, those kinds of precautions or something, because not everybody's taking this as, beyond like themselves Just, and thinking yeah. about the impact on other people. So Definitely. that's something you can do. That that's a, that's a choice. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Absolutely the because I've also met made some friends through some of the online courses that I took at the beginning of lockdown. Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and I will probably be taking as she told me about you know some other courses from um, the presencing lab that I will probably be doing. Um, with the Presencing Institute. If people aren't familiar with that theory, you uh, highly recommend, learn a little bit about that. And theory U is basically just an approach um, that it's a, an approach, uh, well, the theory you is that everything that you create, the decisions that you make, the outcomes of those decisions are directly related to the place within where that you were coming from within yourself when you made those decisions. So if your decisions are made out of fear and anxiety, then that's mm-hmm. going to affect the outcome. Um, if they're made from a place of calm and clarity, mm-hmm. that will give you a very different outcome.
1: Yes.
0: And so then there's a whole bunch of embodiment stuff that goes into developing your presence yeah. in practice. And so that's where the, pre- the embodied performance came in. It was about getting people to understand that that kind of place of making any sort of political mm-hmm. action or taking political action is where that's what we want to strive for because that's going to have a different outcome than just Mm -hmm. rage fueled response reactionary being triggered kind of reaction and that keeps us locked in the old pattern and so I think a big part of the opportunity here is to look at the pattern um, understand and see it for what it is and to make a more conscious choice this time that is in alignment Mm -hmm. with what we really want and that is totally possible. And I think a beginning of that, a really simple thing is like you're saying, managing the emotions, recognizing the lessons, the opportunity that we have here. And um, I think next time when we talk, we'll talk a little bit about an information source um, in terms of making more conscious decisions and learning which companies are supporting the stuff that, you know, is making life worse for everybody. And um How can we begin to um, send a message and see that as part of um, something that we have some say in some control over and recognize the power that has been given away. Um, Because I think very often we don't realize where we've given away. Okay, that was weird. Um, OK, but it will just continue. Um, we'll just edit yeah. that together. We'll edit that together. That was very weird. So anyway, just like I think that we are um, developing that foundation together. We're uh, coming to a different understanding of community that, unlike times past, um, is not really defined by geography. It's not defined by nationality. That's different. You know, yes. That's a different thing. Um, I think that's an important step you know we're not seeing each other as like enemy and othering that's a big yeah. deal because most of you know since we've had nation states that's kind of been the way that they've worked you know yes um mm-hmm. so i think that the internet has done a lot to change that and to connect us to resources and um one of the things that i feel that has been very empowering is that learning Realizing that critical thinking doesn't always come naturally to people, and that maybe there's yes. something that we can do in terms of helping people to understand—not um, so much how things work, but we do want to bring in people who do the work. Um, you know, whether it's in the areas of civics education or you know um, mm-hmm. personal empowerment or what have you, but bringing in people who are doing that work who can help with people help people to understand those systems. But the bigger issue I think that is relevant everywhere is that big companies are dictating the policy for all of us. (laughs) And our governments, um, I think you can see this as well, is that when you look at when they say they're enacting the people's agenda, it never moves quite as fast as the corporate agenda getting. (laughs)
1: Yes,
0: (laughs) yeah. Um, And so maybe we can think more consciously about the companies we want to support and those that we don't and recognizing those lobbyist firms that are encouraging um, bad behavior uh, and maybe what can we do to help hold them accountable? And I don't mean like threatening anyone or anything like that, but maybe there are opportunities to engage them in a conversation, to think about the impact of their actions. I mean, you know. So I mean, I'm totally open to that. I would love to hear hear that yeah. um, and give people. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of ways that we can move forward and not to feel completely disempowered, as if everybody else has the power and you don't. But yes. One of the things I can for sure tell you is um, I know at least certainly with our system, there was a vacuum created by civic disengagement, and corporations have come in to fill that vacuum. Um, all we have to do is reoccupy those spaces or create new ones. And um, this can be a start. And um, if there's anyone that's you know, interested in workshopping with us or talking about ideas, certainly yes. would love to hear from you. We'll be doing some postings for openings in the next week, so do keep an eye out for that. And um, in the meantime, um, one step in front of the other, keep breathing
1: you know <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i i recently heard that the actor timothy chalamet said uh, life doesn't come at you it comes from you so i think that's just something a just some mindset that. That, that i'm keeping this year just like it doesn't come at you it comes from me i like everyone has the power to do and have the life they want they just have to do some changes
0: yeah be the person who has that life how do you become that person I'm working on that too. I was like, how do I be the person that's living the life um, that I would prefer? Um, And I love my life and there's so much this wonderful about it, but um, I know that it's not that way for everybody. And um, as I work towards my better life, I want a life that's, you know, I want to live in a world that's good for all of us. So um, I love that thought. So we're going to wrap it with that. So thank you everyone (laughs) for listening. And until next time. Bye for me, Anna.
1: Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.